Ms. O'Sullivan, do you believe that Tiger Brands was negligent in their quality control systems here? Look, um, you, you just have to look at what happened here. 180 people die, and in excess of 500 people were poisoned. Now, you, you cannot say that that is normal course of business. Some, something has to have gone catastrophically wrong. Now, of course, it's very early days yet, so we cannot say if what went wrong was through corruption or whether it was through negligence, um, but the whole thing has to be properly investigated. You cannot have a situation where 180 people die and the company carries on as usual. In fact, they've done worse than carry on as usual. They've put up sandbags and they've made it clear that they'll fight this thing. And what we're really looking for now is transparency. And the only way we'll get that transparency is if the whole board resigns en masse. And I'm hoping the shareholders will pressure them to do that. Mm-hmm. Now, you're opening murder charges against Tiger Brands. Uh, but specifically, what other charges do you intend of laying against them? In fact, the charges we will be laying will be murder, uh, 183 counts. In the alternative, uh, culpable homicide. Because to, to have a charge of murder, one has to show that there was an intention to kill. Um, so we start off with the murder charge, just in case there's something lurking in there somewhere that we don't know about. For example, maybe some individual decided to deliberately do this. We're not saying that happened, but the only way to get to the bottom of it is to have a criminal investigation. And then we'll be laying, I think it's 479 counts of attempted murder and in the alternative, assault occasioning actual bodily harm for the people that were poisoned and who recovered. Now, there seems to be a lot less outcry over the handling of this outbreak. Do you believe this is because the most affected in the saga have been the poorest of the poor? Exactly. In fact, that's what we're saying in our media release that we did yesterday. Uh, Forensics for Justice were formed to protect the poor people in this country uh, because they don't have a voice. They they don't have the ability to stand up for themselves in the same way that others would. Um, We will be working very closely with Richard Spur, the well-known human rights attorney, and we will be providing him with all the information and the findings from our investigations. And our investigations are still ongoing, so we haven't yet concluded our investigations. We will be meeting, we've been in a lot of discussions and emails with the National Institute for Communicable Diseases, and we will be meeting with them uh, either during the course of this week or next week to get some of the uh, solid raw data that sits behind the investigation. Are these charges directed only towards Tiger Brands, or can we expect government departments to also take some responsibility for this? Well, I don't think anybody from the Department of Health went out and poisoned these people. If there were catastrophic failings, the catastrophic failings took place in the food facilities. Now, if during the course of the investigation, it turns out that a health inspector was bribed to look the other way or something of that nature, then obviously that person uh, would face criminal charges as well. Mm-hmm. Now, more than 100, uh, 180 people are already dead. Now, how can families or victims of listeriosis assist you moving forward? Well, what we're doing, we're posting up on our website. It should have actually gone up yesterday, but our IT guy uh, got sick. 
and I'm hoping that he, he didn't get sick from eating <laughs> any uh, enterprise products, but he got sick. And I've been told that when he gets into the office this morning, he'll be posting it up on our website. So when it goes up on the Forensics for Justice website, there will be a form there that you can download, fill in, and fax to us. And that will enable us to create a database. And then uh, the content of all those forms we will be sharing with Richard Spur. He will make contact with the individuals to, to find out whether or not they wish to be part of the, the civil claim. We, in the meantime, will make contact with them to obtain a sworn statement from them concerning the circumstances uh, surrounding the illness uh, 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 or passing, as the case may be, of their loved ones. Mm-hmm. And the website uh, address? It's www.forensicsforjustice.org. All right, wonderful. I thank you so much for your time. That was the forensic investigator, Paul O'Sullivan. Now, for more on this, we joined on the line by a consumer rights expert from the University of KwaZulu-Natal, Professor Tanya Woka. Very good morning to you, Professor, and welcome. Good morning, uh, and you, uh, welcome to your listeners as well. Uh, thank you, Professor. Now, do you think, though, that multinationals such as Tiger Brands should take more responsibility for the deaths of the listeriosis outbreak? Well, obviously, the, the whole issue of food safety and the manufacturing of food is, is incredibly important, especially because that kind of food is being sold to the poorest of the poor who often do not have the ability to protect themselves. But, um, you know, when you look at bringing a murder charge, as Paul Sullivan has has stated, that means that you have to prove the intentional killing of a human being, or at the very least that they were aware that there was a problem and they acted recklessly, which in law is referred to as dolus eventualis. Um, to my mind, that's probably going to be a quite a stiff hurdle to overcome. The second hurdle that you've got to overcome is the issue of causation. You know, you will have to show that each one of those people got ill as a result of eating infected food that was produced by Tiger Brands. Mm -hmm. And what concerns me a little bit is that we have specific legislation which has been introduced in the form of the Consumer Protection Act, which is designed to deal with this kind of situation. And if we are going to bring an action against a corporation like this, we should, in my mind, be turning to the Consumer Protection Act. Because section, in, the, in the Act, there is a section, Section 55, which says that consumers have the right to safe, good quality goods. And if those, um, there's an investigation and it's found that they are producing goods which are not safe or good quality, they will be found guilty of what we call prohibited conduct mm-hmm. under the National under Consumer Protection Act. And then they stand to face a fine of, say, 10 million, a million rand or 10% of their annual turnover. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so there is specific legislation which has been introduced to deal with the situation, and I'm not seeing anybody turning to that legislation because you're now going to lay charges with your prosecuting authorities. Are your prosecuting authorities going to be able to prove those charges? Mm. And we can safely assume that your big multinational corporations are not just going to roll over and say, we're very sorry, um, yes, we did intentionally try and kill people. Mm. As Paul Sullivan has said, they've got to fight this. Yes. So then we end up with 
you know, something that's going to take years to resolve. Yeah. Professor, are there similar cases that have been successfully prosecuted in the past? And, and what are the chances of access in this regard, you think? Well, you know, we just have to look at the Cougar matter. You know, that was a, a defective car. We haven't had any prosecutions come out of that. And, then, and that was a much, to my mind, a much easier case to prove. Hmm. You know, a case like this is notoriously difficult to prove because of the causation element. You know, every one of those consumers, why did they get sick? When did they eat the product? Et cetera, et cetera. If you go through the Consumer Protection Act and you can identify products which are unsafe and you can say to a manufacturer, you produced this product, this product, and this product. And you can't just, it can't be something just, you know, based on, 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 you know, newspaper reports. Yes. There has to be concrete evidence because we're talking about a court of law. How difficult so in a court mm-hmm. of law, you have to prove that chain. Mm. But how difficult do you think it can be for ordinary citizens to bring about class action against such big multinationals? Well, that's why we have the National Consumer Commission. Mm. If you lay a charge, um, as a, in terms of the Consumer Protection Act, you can bring a class action, you can lay a charge with the Consumer Commission, And then it's the Consumer Commission's responsibility. It's very hard for ordinary consumers to bring a case. That's why the government established the National Consumer Commission. They will act on behalf of consumers at the National Consumer Tribunal. And we can investigate then whether there is a case of prohibited conduct, which can result in penalties and can result in consumers then going to the High Court to claim their damages. But there's another point that I would like to make, and that is, what do we want here? What are we seeking to achieve? Mm. Are we seeking to punish the big corporations? In which case we're going to be... And I and understand that people are angry and they want redress, etc., and they want those corporations to stand up and take responsibility. Or are we looking for consumer redress? Because if you're looking for consumer redress, one of the best ways to achieve that is through mediation. Mm-hmm. And the, the National Consumer Protection Act promotes mediation.